Hello, welcome to Meet the Malix. I'm Matt. And I'm Ellie. And we're so excited to have you guys here with us today. Hi, everybody. Woo-hoo. I hope you're having a wonderful, fabulous day. Yes. Do you know what, hun? It is nice outside. Not really. I mean, it's a little rainy, but the temperature. The temperature this week has been different. Nice. Yeah, it hasn't been as. Um, it's been in the like 80, like basically the 70s. Yeah. That's been amazing. It has been. It's been that really nice. That would be nice. my favorite temperature if I had to pick. Uh-huh. Would be the 70s or the 60s. Yeah. Yeah, so babe, what new is going on with you? Well, or with us? We have um a special announcement. Uh-oh. It's a girl. Ding 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 ding. You're pregnant? It's a puppy girl. Oh, <laughs> I was like, that's news to me. <laughs> Surprise, honey. Surprise, it's a girl. On the podcast, you learn about me. Anyway. We are adopting a one-year-old Yorkie. Yay. Her and name is Penny. Her name is Penny. Um, Don't be offended if you named her, but we may change it. I don't know. Uh, who knows? It's, she's, it's growing on me. It is? Yeah. Anyways, she's the cutest. And, and she's over there giving brain licks on the face as we speak, we and we're her, trying to keep her from doing that. We but got her a new pink collar today because yeah. she's a girl. Yeah. She needs p- all things pink. And and she's got a few toys now, and she's really just staking her claim in her house. I think she's so. getting used to things. Yeah. She's a little bit of an anxious dog, as most of you probably know Yorkies are. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think she's starting to calm down. So. Yeah. Yeah, I think she's getting used to how things are. She didn't eat very much for the first few days that we had her. Yeah, that was making me nervous. And but now she's eating a lot more. Yeah. Not not like too much, but how much she's supposed to be eating and she's drinking more water and she's going to the bathroom she's more regular. A sweetheart. So, so it's good. She's a little bit attached to the hip, but Yeah, I can't go anywhere without her wanting to be with me. Yeah. And she just wants to be with us all that the time. That does that does pose an issue at night sometimes. Yes. She, we don't really want the dog to sleep in our bed. No. It's not that I'm real super worried about germs. It's more that I'm a very light sleeper and mm-hmm. I can't deal with anything moving. And like, so as a result, she's not sleeping in our bed or in our room. And so she wants to be in our room mm-hmm. and she'll cry and whine. Yep. But we've been holding strong. Yep. Last night wasn't too bad. Um, so what happened, what's been going on is I've been putting her in her crate at night before mm-hmm. I go to bed yeah. so that way she can sort of settle down in her crate with me in the room hoping that when I make my way upstairs she's already asleep and she's all good but last night she I think she had a dream and she barked and then it woke her up and then she was whining for about 10 minutes but then she finally went to sleep so we have a dog the boys have been begging us and they've been proving themselves worthy of it by the few times we so watched another so dog. So far, so good. And so far, they've done a good job. And and I've gotten used to the flow of things. I think it took a big change for me because I didn't realize how much she was going to be attached to me. Yeah, she really prefers you out of the whole family. So I, uh, but I've gotten more used to it now. So. And our friends have been so supportive, and I really appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, they're all like saying, you have to get this dog. Well, they're just sweet <laughs> about it. And, like, one of them gave us a, um, a leash, and one of them let us borrow their... Um, their tether chain. Yeah, their, their tether, tether chain. And I don't know. I just appreciate the yeah. support. Yeah, it's been nice. So so we have a new addition to our family, probably for the next 12 to 15 years. <laughs> so <laughs> when the boys graduate and move on to college... We'll still have a dog. 
Yep, that's true. So she'll be here when they're not yep. here. I can't yep. believe I can't even think about that. What's going on with you? Let's move on with, from that <laughs> thought. Not a whole lot. Things are just slow. I mean, what are you, where are you going tonight? Tonight we're going to a football game. Oh, that's that's a big thing. <laughs> football is starting. I'm so happy. You don't even understand. As you get happy, I get sad. Yeah, I know, right? I so like I've already told Ellie. You. I've already told you, Ellie, and I'll, I'll let my our listeners know that you need to mark your calendar of all the Nebraska games. Yeah, because and the you times will be unavailable. Because I will be unavailable those during those times. So if we want to go camping and Nebraska's playing, you can go camping. I'm staying home to watch Nebraska uh, yes, play. Yes, I know. And so, uh, but I'm excited tonight. We're going to a high school game. It, that just always means that at the first high school game I go to usually means one or two weeks away from Nebraska starting. Yeah, and, and you did, enjoy the high school games. Yeah, I do. But I didn't go to a game last week. They did play last week, but I didn't go to it. I'm going tonight, and Nebraska plays in a week from Saturday. <laughs> I'm so excited. You're going to have so like a countdown on your calendar. Uh, it's just in my head. You just can post it like yeah. every day and be excited. What's good about that, it's, it's a holiday weekend, and so there's no soccer games that day. Yeah. So I can get all my lawn mowing done early, all my yard work done early. Yeah. And then watch football the rest of the day. Oh, my goodness. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be glorious. Fabulous. I don't care about the pros as much. I don't care about pro Yeah, you're a college guy. But we do have our fancy draft on the third with my with my brother. So that's all I got going on. I think on in here. the show notes we need to post the Nebraska football um, <laughs> schedule. I don't know if we do or not. Absolutely, we do. But I'm getting frosty up in here. What? Oh, wait. That's our coach, Scott Frost. And I'm excited that he's <laughs> Is that coaching. a saying for yeah, real? Yeah. It's getting frosty. <laughs> Everybody in Nebraska is excited about Scott Frost coming home and being our, our – Is this our his first year? This is his first year as our coach. Okay. Last year, the team that he led went undefeated. Okay. And um, at UCF, Central Florida. And before that, he was up at Oregon as the offensive coordinator. But he played for Nebraska He played for Nebraska okay. in 1998, the last time he won the national championship. Oh, so he's not too far off from nope. our age. Well, about four years or... About four or five years older than us, yeah. yeah. So it makes me think, what am I doing with my life? I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> <laughs> he's making millions of dollars. And oh, man. Anyway. Uh, but if we're only both. Had played football. We're both influencing young lives. Yes. Me and him. Just he's getting paid a lot more. Speaking so. of influencing, <laughs> we probably ought to get going with today's topic. Oh, sounds good. Yeah, we're about seven minutes in. We probably should talk about what we're going to talk. Okay, about. today we're talking about grief and loss and acceptance. Yeah, I was praying about it, and I feel like we need to focus on the acceptance part of things. But yeah. um, let so me explain to me a little yeah, bit. Yeah, let me get you started. Yeah. yeah, let me get you started so you kind of understand where I'm coming from. So. If you're listening out there and you've experienced any kind of loss, it doesn't have to be the loss of a loved one, though it can be. It can be um, a, even a transition from high school to college yeah. or a new job and you've, um, you know, or you just anything the where. The loss of what you've been going, what you, you're you used to. Yeah. Can lead the to. The loss of something in your life, um, something good in your life. Maybe you broke your, you know, big toe yeah. and you're just not able to walk like or you maybe your walked. parents deleted Fortnite from your <laughs> xbox so basically the loss of anything can be a form of grief obviously yeah. it's not going to be like as extreme and as significant as the loss of a loved one um not 
I'm not trying to minimize that and say that all loss is the same. It's not. But um, any kind of loss is going to be felt. Um, and the uh, stages of grief are very well known by most everyone. And I'm not going to tell you anything new. But um, there's a theory by um, someone named Kubler-Ross. Kubler-Ross, excuse me. And uh, she... It's been around for a long time. This has been on around for years and years and years. But um, it's called uh, the five stages of grief. And the first one is denial. Second one is anger. Third is bargaining. Fourth is depression. Fifth is acceptance. And I've been really studying the stages and actually reading uh, studies in medical journals because of my um, work. Yeah. At the hospital. Yeah. I work in an acute rehab unit, which basically we take patients <coughs> after the hospital. Yeah. Who have gone through a significant injury or illness and meet certain criteria and guidelines. Um, and that's based off their insurance, whether or not they're able to come. Um, a lot of our patients have had amputations or paralysis or a significant stroke, um, multiple fractures, like from a car accident. Wow. Or a major accident, mm -hmm. you know, you fell off a roof, you know, mm -hmm. something pretty significant is why they're there. Yeah. And so they've undergone um, a terrible ordeal in the hospital with surgeries and, um, you know, rehab and everything's been a whirlwind and stressful. And then they come into our unit and um, they're going to be in our unit for two to three weeks or more, depending on the significance of the injury or illness. And in that time, I'm there to help them process some of what has gone on yeah. and help deal with some of the stress mm. um, that, that they're feeling or, you know, that there's like an adrenaline, you know, crisis mode when you're in the hospital. And then when you come to rehab, some of that can kind of calm down because you get into a routine at rehab. And they spend most of the day in physical therapy, occupational therapy, speech therapy. And then I try to slip in when I can and help them. A lot of what I do in there is crisis counseling and su emotional support, um, stress relief, coping skills. But some of it has to do with processing their loss. Mm. So um, if they had a stroke, it would be the loss of function on like one side of their body. Or if they had an amputation, obviously, um, you know, they lost part of themselves. Um, even if they just had fractures and eventually they will heal, they've lost the ability to do some things for a temporary time. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I think that's still part of, yeah. you still go through that process. So um, with denial, obviously a person knows what's happening, but it feels, I think, surreal. And that surreal feeling is that denial. And I think part of that is just to protect yourself because mm. you can't swallow it. You yeah. know, you can't just overnight be like, well, this has happened. And yeah. now some people say to me, well, I knew it happened. And I think everyone on an intellectual level knows that it did happen and believes it happened. Um, although some people less than others, I, I feel like some people get told yes you've had a stroke but in their heart they really they don't, don't believe, believe it, it. Yeah. yeah or they like, think there's no way this happened to me there's or no they way. think yeah. i'll be fine in a month yeah. you know so um i think denial is an important protective process in the grief process yeah but um anyways you, but, but that can't sustain you yeah and you have to yeah you, you know you have to kind of move on and and i think 
um, these, these grief, um, stages don't necessarily happen in order or anything like that. But, um, I do think you need to move through them. Mm -hmm. Um, one, the next stage anger, um, people can get really irritable after a loss. Yeah. And, um, if you've experienced a, a loss and you're, find yourself snapping at your friends and family, um, you know, that's probably why you're probably angry and you just don't know really who to be angry at because, um, you can't maybe blame anybody for what happened, but you are angry and maybe you even close yourself off from your friends and family, um, because you don't want to deal with their comments or their well-meaning comments. Um, but, um, I think anger is a normal reaction. Um, some people get angry at God and they kind of stay there. Yeah. Um, moving on from being angry with God, I think can be really, really hard. Yeah. And they, some people say, is God punishing me? I've heard that Mm -hmm. comment. I've heard, um, and I've even heard Christians who are very, who still are, but they're very strong with the Lord. They, it's just hard for them to understand why. And the easiest person to blame half the time when something wrong goes on. Some people believe that their, their, um, injury or illness came from God. Like he, yeah, he brought this on them on purpose in order to humble them or do something like that. And I don't claim to know Mm -hmm. why this terrible thing happened to them at all. Obviously I, I, I know nothing, but, um, I do feel like God doesn't, maybe he allows things to happen, but I don't think he tries to cause bad things in your life. I think people see the book of Job and how they think, you know, how all that stuff bad happened to him it was like, well, God just, died. no, God, even with Job, God didn't do it. He allowed it, but he, he did allow it. He allowed it, but he kept, he mm-hmm. had stipul- he's had boundaries. He said, you can't go past this boundary. Yeah. And, um, and even then God restored Job a bunch more. Like I yeah. don't remember the number, but it's almost twice as much, if not more. Yeah. So, um, but God, I don't know. I don't think he's anyway. I'm not going to claim to know either. So Yeah, I'm not going to claim to know. I mean, I think some questions will only be answered in yeah. heaven. Yeah. And um, and some of these questions, you know, some of these stages and the, the questions that come up from them are just extremely hard. And, you know, I believe accidents happen. And our choices also also can lead to some things. Mm-hmm. So And also there's bad people in the world yeah. that make bad choices that yeah. affect good people. So what's after uh, anger? Okay, so bargaining... And I don't think people literally feel like they can talk their way out of a situation, but in your, your gut, in your yeah. human nature, you want to try to like figure Find out a, a way, way out, out of yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Is there any way out of it? And I don't think this stage actually lasts very long, but I think it is a stage mm-hmm. depression. I think probably this is just my anecdotal, mm-hmm. um, non-researched opinion. I think depression is one of the longest parts of this stage. Um, I think because you can get stuck at depression. I think you really can get stuck at depression. Um, it's the stage where you feel it or don't feel it. Maybe you try to avoid that feeling. I, I think a lot of people use avoidance as a coping skill where it's like, oh, if I don't think about it, it's not there. Yeah. Or if I don't talk about it, mm-hmm. it's not there. But actually, it really is there. And yeah. I think it actually is eating you alive in that situation. But um, depression... It's kind of the, I'm sad. I don't want to 
you, you lose motivation, you lose interest in things. Yeah. I think there's a, this is another anecdotal comment, but I think there is a woe is me, poor me part of this Yeah. that can be isolating, Yeah. that can be, um, affect your relationships because it's kind of a, not a selfish, but like a self-centered time yeah. where it's kind of like I have it hard and no one else has it hard. Like I have it hard and that can nobody be, really understands what I'm going through. Even if somebody may have it worse, but they really don't understand what's happening mm-hmm, to me. Mm-hmm. So, cause I'm alone. And woe is me. Yeah. I think it can be a pity. And, and I think it's, it can be a pity party time. And I think it can, it's an important time to go through. Like I really think if you haven't let yourself feel the loss, that's one of the first things you need to do as soon as you get off this podcast. Yeah. In a safe place with someone safe if you can or yeah. alone with you can if you can. Get a with journal God. or something and write about it. Yeah. Yeah, but I really recommend that you explore the feelings associated with the loss. Maybe it's the loss of what you hoped a relationship would be, but yeah. never was. Yeah. The loss of your dream. The loss that you that you thought, you know, you would be doing something different at this time. Yeah. Let yourself feel that. Let yourself explore the feelings and the thoughts that are related to that. Um, you know, go see a counselor, a professional counselor, if you need help. Yeah. I think just talking about it, writing about it, um, praying about it is one of the most important things that we can do yeah. when it comes to depression. Um, but stuffing it, avoiding it, that is actually not going to get it's you through it. You have it. the only way. Or eating it. Some people, yeah. eat, they eat their yeah. depression. The only way through depression in, in the grief process is through to go it. through it, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, and I did read some research about that, that that was true. Yeah. Avoid, avoiding it is actually commonly known as a not good thing. Mm-hmm. But what I wanted to focus on today, actually, was acceptance, mm-hmm. which is the last stage. Yeah. This is something that I've actually really as a weakness for me is accepting because I'm I'm a pretty driven person and I'm I'm kind of I'm the kind of person that even at 19 20 years old I was working on my stuff so to speak like I was I love to as a you know my my background I'm a therapist in my heart and so my background makes my I'm just more focused on you know, working on things and not avoiding like working on my bad personality characteristics and trying to grow Mm -hmm. and be better. And so whenever I come across something that I feel like is not good in me or not good in someone else, it's hard for me to just say, I'm going to accept this situation or this person or their personality or does that make any sense? Yeah, yeah, it does. <coughs> Excuse me. But I really feel like the Lord is telling me that accepting the new normal mm-hmm. or the the situation gets you out of the pity party. Yeah. Accepting that the fact that it, uh, it, for me it's accepting the fact that there that I can't control everything. Yeah. That can be depressing is the fact that I feel like, you know, there's certain areas of my life that I wish I could control. I wish I could control every aspect of the youth ministry. I wish I could control sometimes my family. I may not say it, but there's parts of me that's like, I wish that it would be this way or that. 
And Maybe when, you wish you could control like yeah. whether the teenagers come to your event that you planned. And if, and if I accept the fact that I have no control over other people mm-hmm. and over those situations, because mm-hmm. I can get depressed over that. Yeah. I can get depressed that, oh, what was me? Last week we had 30 kids. This week we have five. Right. And I'm depressed, but I can't control the sports schedules and the act uh, the right. activities. I can't control what they're choosing to do. I can only control myself and my own thoughts, and I, ac- I need to accept the fact that I don't have that kind of control. Yeah. And and when I come to that conclusion that I can't control what I wish I can control, but I can only, and, and but I have to accept the situation for as it is, it makes it a lot easier to move past. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard. It can be hard though because what I'm talking about is very simple and very easy compared to what other people are going through with their grief. Um, it could be a loss of a loved one or a loss of yeah, an arm. Yeah, I mean, trying to accept you know, accepting your the fact injury that somebody or, is or dead is hard. Major illness, yeah, in yourself or the loss of a loved one yeah. is huge. I and mean, I that's a lifelong process, but yeah. And I think when it comes to sicknesses, you can accept the fact you have the sickness, but you don't have to accept the results of the sickness. Like we pray for he- healing, right? Yeah. Well, praying for healing is is not contrary to accepting the fact that you have cancer or you have whatever. You need to accept it, but then you also need to accept the fact that God can heal you. you yeah, know? yeah. I I feel like live. You can't live in denial. Yeah. You know, I think you need to process the feelings, and mm-hmm. I guess what I'm saying is accepting your current situation instead of constantly fighting it. Yeah. May be the way through. Yeah. I don't know. I I I don't want you to accept like defeat necessarily yeah. or yeah. accept a bad job that you hate. Yeah. But accept it today. Yeah. Accept the fact that you really have no control over it, but God does. Yeah. Yeah. Accept that he's in control. Mm-hmm. Accept that he knows what's going on. Yeah. Um, you can't control things like sicknesses and people dying, but God is in control. Yeah. And when you accept God, see, see, I'm looking at, I'm trying to look at this from like Christian's perspective. I feel like sometimes Christians, they, we, we can hear the term. We need to accept it as if we're admitting defeat. Yeah. I think that's, that's not the case. I think we can accept the situation for as it is. Yeah. But also accept the fact that God knows what's going on. Yeah. And he's in control and we're not. And I think we can still do spiritual warfare against the attack of the enemy. Um, and not accept his attack necessarily. Yeah. So, I mean, there's there's a, a time and a place for this. Yeah. I'm not saying it needs, you know, just accept, mm-hmm. you know, domestic violence in your no, marriage. No, no. I'm not saying that. There's certain situations you But you, you might accept. need to accept the fact that... He's not going to change. That you need to get out of that marriage or you need to get out of that situation and you need to get yourself safe and that you can't change him or her. Right. If it's a domestic abuse situation. Yeah. You might need to accept that, you know, you only have so much influence in the situation mm-hmm. and, and your influence might be, I have to accept this and get out. Mm-hmm. I remember I was getting some counseling. It's been a while back. And I remember I was complaining about a relationship in my life and how it wasn't what I wanted and it wasn't working out like I wanted. And, you know, there was personality conflicts and rubbing and that kind of thing. And she just said, what if you just accepted it? 
and it just it kind of blew my mind like what yeah and it it kind of was like yeah i mean i need to accept that person for who they are and not try and change them Mm -hmm. and just accept that this is the way it is right now and just kind of like let it go yeah and um, did did it change things for you in your in your heart and your yeah it did it kind of just let me move on a little bit yeah and quit having this angst yeah in the situation yeah Yeah, i feel like there's a lot of situations in our life and we could go into specific details but we really don't want to (laughs) but you know there's details where yeah you know i i remember there's been times in the past okay i can say this one i guess when i was in in college and or working at a at a job where a situation was bad and I just accepted the fact that I can control it and I gave it to God and guess what God did? He took care of it for me. Mm-hmm. So I didn't I realized I couldn't control the personality of my roommate. I can control how this person was treating me at work. Yeah. But I gave it to God and I moved on because I accepted that God's in control and yeah. I'm not. And then guess what? God took care of it. And and you know, if you're an emotional person or you're having a hard time with it, there might be a time of you just grieving. Yeah you know, that it's not working out the way you wanted it to. And once you've fully grieved it, processed it in your heart, that's when you can kind of like okay, accept it. Yeah. yeah. You're in control. You're in control. This is my, this is my, this is my normal for right now. And even if I don't feel it, I thank you. Yeah. Even if I don't understand, <clears throat> I thank you. Yeah. I thank you for how good you are and that you care for me and you love me. And uh, there's a song I like by uh, Bethel that, you know, there's been times where I feel down and I'm like, does God really love me? And uh, it's called Pieces, P-I-E-C-E-S. And um, in it, she says, you don't give yourself in pieces. And that every time I hear that song, I'm like, okay, God, you give my, yourself to me fully. And you love me fully. And you care for me fully. So you see the situation I'm in right now. You see my, because I can get a little emotional and I can, whatever, and it could be something that's not really that big of a deal, and I may, I blow it out in proportion. I'm not extremely emotional, but that can happen every once in a while to anybody. And I'm like, okay, God, you're in control. You're in control. You give yourself to me completely. You love me completely. You don't love me partially. Yeah. And and so I accept him, and not, and not the fact that I can't control what's going on. So does mm-hmm. that make any sense, or was I rambling? It makes sense. I think you meant to say that you accept God's control over your life that's what i meant yeah mm-hmm. yeah so i just feel like we might be speaking to somebody who's had a disappointment in their life whether it's a relationship or mm-hmm. a job or maybe um, something to do with fertility or i don't know i just feel like we're speaking to somebody yeah. that needs to grieve their loss yeah and then accept and 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 this can apply to every area of your life yeah and i'm not saying it's easy and i'm not saying it's fun but I do feel like it's a it's a step forward. Like this is a situation we're in. We need to accept this. We need to move on. Mm-hmm. We need like God. It's not. Control. I'm not saying you can't still try. Yeah. You know, and 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 get your dream job. I'm not yeah. saying that at all. I'm not saying don't try and give up. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I I think I think people are are ho- hopefully getting what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. So just remember, God's in control of whatever's going on in your life. Yeah. You're not, and you need to accept the fact that God's in control. Yeah. I, I believe that there's only a few things that we can really, truly control in our life. We can control what we eat. We can control how we work out or exercise. 
that we can control ourselves spiritually. We're in control of those three things. There's not a lot that we can control in our lives. Yeah. We can prioritize our time. You mean to like spend time with God? Mm Mm-hmm. It's like we need, we are, I, con- I don't think we can control, like I wanted to feel loved by God for a long time, yeah. but I didn't feel it. Yeah. I don't know that we can control that, but I think God can do it in us if we but give we it to him. But we can control the time we give to him. Yeah. Yeah. Just like we can control if we're eating a bunch of cake or if we're eating a bunch of healthy food. Yeah. We can control that kind of stuff. So if you're, if you're listening to this and you think, Ellie, that's so easy to say, except I, I do say it in my mind, but yeah. I don't feel it in my heart to, for things to move from your head to your heart. That's, that's gotta be God doing that. Yeah. You can't like snap your fingers and do that. So but we can work towards that and we can seek him and say, okay, mm-hmm. God. And every time you say, God, I give it to you. Yeah. Every day, every time you need to fit. What I like to do when I'm giving him things is I feel like I'm taking it off my shoulders. Literally like something off my shoulders. Say, I give it to you. Yeah. God. Give it to him. Pr- pray, do scripture, you know, read scriptures, yeah. post them. Um, but no, you can't strive mm-hmm. to get it from your head to your heart. God's just got to do it. Yep. Awesome. All right. Well, do you want to close in prayer? Yeah. All right. Lord, I just pray for our listeners out there who maybe have something that's a disappointment or, you know, they expected something to be different or maybe they have lost a loved one. But whatever's going on, Lord, I just pray that you would speak to them in their quiet times when they're spending time with you. Speak to their hearts. Tell them what they need to hear. And then help them, Lord, to grieve the loss. Yes, Lord. And feel comforted by you. Mm. And then accept that new normal. Yes, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Give them peace, Lord. Give them peace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. If you have any questions or thoughts or concerns or we just want to say hi, go to eaglesviewchurch slash contact us and that'll reach us or look us up on Facebook or on Twitter. Uh, we go by our names, Matt and Ellie Malik. Ellie's not on Twitter, but I am. Um, and uh, we anyway, we'd love to hear from we'd you. We'd love to hear from you. All right. We love you guys. Hope you have a wonderful week. Bye-bye. Bye.